chapter 23, and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Leviticus 23, and, and I'm going to tell you in advance, I'm not going to try to preach this whole message this morning. Uh, tonight, we'll probably go on into it tonight on this subject of first fruits, the doctrine of first fruits, the feast of first fruits. Leviticus chapter 23, by the way, let me, I want to do something before I go any further from uh, concerning last week. I did not finish the message last week on unleavened bread, and we, here was the deal. We started off with uh, uh, on the feast with Passover, and that has to do, that feast has to do with salvation. All right, the blood was shed, the substitutionary lamb sacrifice. If you're not saved, you're saved by a sacrifice that God appoints, Jesus Christ, who died for you in your place, and the blood be applied to you by faith. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his blood shed for you in your place. And you believe on that and receive him as your savior. That's how God saves you. God does not save you by getting living better, doing better, quitting this and quitting that and all that kind of stuff. He saves you by grace through faith. That's the Passover feast. The next feast, the next day, that was the 14th, by the way, which is the number of deliverance. God delivers us from hell, from death, and from uh, all the effects of sin through Jesus Christ our Lord. Bible that literally says in the New Testament, who delivers and doth deliver and shall deliver. Spirit, soul, and body. God will deliver us. Now, on the 15th day of the month, which was last week, we had the feast of unleavened bread. Okay. And what we said in that was leaven is always a type of sin. And God has this feast of unleavened bread. That's the bread that we use in uh, communion. It's a picture of Jesus Christ who had no sin in him. All right. Now, unleavened bread for the believer speaks of a holy walk. Now, when we talk about a holy walk, that I did not say sinless walk. I said holy walk. And a lot of times people, you know, yeah, they may be close to what Jesus is, the only sinless person. Let me just tell you something. If I could be sinless, I don't need a Savior. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I have to have a Savior or I'm doomed and damned. But I'm going to tell you this. God didn't save you to go on living in sin. God saved you to walk holy. Now, the biggest issue about holiness for the child of God that you want to get is this. It is that God takes you out of this world system into his church, the body of Christ, just like he took the children of Israel out of Egypt. He did not save them and leave them there. He took them out. All right. By power and by blood. Then he give this this. then he give him his law, which we talked about holy walk. Holiness means separated unto the Lord. A distinct people. I'm not of this world anymore. The Bible says this friendship with the world is enmity with God. Right. I'm, I'm telling you, the average Christian, I don't know what in the world is going on, but it's just like that verse means nothing to them. Right. It is serious. Think about this. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. You better take very seriously about coming out of the world system. The world has its way to live. God has his way to live. God's way of living is so far superior to the ways of the world. It's nothing about pride. It's about a better way to live. And so he says unleavened bread. And that means take the leaven out of your life. Get the leaven out and walk holy before the Lord. Do right. Hey, you know, simple practical thing is uh, tell the truth. Don't twist the truth. Don't lie. Pay your bills. Love your wife. Raise your children and nurture and admonition of the Lord. Treat your neighbor right. 
Keep your fences up. You know, I mean, just simple things that just do right by people. Do right by the people around you. And don't let sin in. Now, so this week, so what God says is I saved you. And now I want you to walk a holy walk. And when you realize that sin is in your life, and and I show you an area where you're not aligned with my word, I want you to get that out of your life. Now, having said that, I went all the way to the end of the message last week and didn't finish it up. What happens? How does God remove leaven? One of the ways is truthful self-judgment. God would rather you get the leaven out of your life with truthful self-judgment. David said this in Psalms 51 after he had been dealt with about his sin with Bathsheba. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And I'm going to tell you something. You always want to remember when you hear that, that God said about us that our hearts are desperately wicked and deceitful above all things and who can know it. Do not ever think that you're not beyond the ability of twisting things around and you know, perverting things around to, what, to, to accomplish what you want to accomplish and to twist things around in my, and, and twist around. God says, I want truth in the inward parts. And I'm telling you, what God wants, God doesn't want to chastise me. It's just not fun. I, I never once in my life said, you know what? I just hope one of my kids gets out of line today so I can whoop them. Yeah. I, I just, all my prayer was, Lord, let's just have a happy day at the house. Right? Let's just have a happy day. God is not interested in it. So what, but he wants you to have, in 1 Corinthians, that's what communion is about. If you judge yourselves, you'll not be judged. And so you just look at the Bible and maybe you've heard preaching the Bible. Or maybe, you know, someone in your realm of your life has brought out, mentioned something. And uh, the Bible said reproof enters into the heart of a, of a wise man more than a hundred stripes in the back of a fool. Amen. And you look at it and say, you know what? It's, tr- it's the way it is. It's the truth. And God, I, I want to, I'm done. Let me just tell you how this worked with me in a practical way when I got saved. And had surrender to preach. I, I, I loved rock music. I was addicted to it. I knew almost every song from the early 60s, uh, clear up through 82. I knew every, you know, and it just was in me. My wife could tell you that when we started going together, uh, she's just like, where'd you you learn all these songs at? You know, know, but it was in me. Well, what did God do when he saved me? Does anybody know? Reggie, I want that out of you. You know, Reggie, that's wicked. You know it's of the flesh. You know it's got filth in it. You know it has it promotes suicide and darkness and evil and fornication and every other wicked thing. Get it out. I liked country music. And God began to deal with me about that. Reggie, get it out. I, I'm sitting here right now, a song coming back to my mind. Um, thank you, Lord, it just left. <laughs> It's a song. It talks about being on a John Deere tractor down in Oklahoma. Uh, anybody know that song? <laughs> <laughs> You're the reason God made Oklahoma. You know, it's just a nice song, you know, about this guy and, this, and, and his wife. And, you know, you're the reason God made Oklahoma. He's driving his John Deere tractor. And a lot of that stuff, hear me tell you how Satan will pull you in. By something that's not all that bad. Right. It's not bad. Right. But the first thing, though, the next song is about you and Lucy out at the bar. You met Lucy down at the bar. And then the next thing you know, uh, and I ain't going to go there. 
bad. And so God says, Reggie, you need to get country music out. And so this is what happened. And you say, I, don't, I, just don't, I just don't agree with you. That's fine. But talk to God about it. God wants leaven out of our life. Now, if you have a propensity to, to not be truthful and to lie and to always twist things around where it suits you, you need to look at that. Say, I need to get this out. Behold, he desires truth in inward parts. If you have a propensity to gossip, it doesn't make any difference. I can go down through lists, but I'd rather the Holy Spirit deal with you. Amen? Because yeah. he does with me. I promise you to this day. There's, there's issues in my life right now. I don't think God ever gets done. I think I'll die. I think I'll be on the deathbed and God will say, there's some stuff you ain't never dealt with. <laughs> Just let the, would you, hey, you know what? You know where, you know where we, when you're in revival is when there's nothing the preacher can preach on that irritates you. You're just glad to find out what displeases God, what the Bible has to say about that issue, and you want to please him. And you don't need some preacher getting up behind the pulpit and flailing and railing at you because of how you're dressed today. You just say, you know what? You get in the mirror and say, you know, there's something about this doesn't please God. This is worldly. It's not right. I don't, I don't, I don't believe this would please the Lord. That's what he's looking for, a heart. You know, God ain't got a rope around my neck and, you know, chain and jer- jerking me back in. That's not the way God operates. But he does want you to examine yourself to look at it. Now, the second thing is, probably won't even get to preach today, I'll get into is the fire of purging. Now, in, now, watch this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, this man was committing fornication. He would not quit. He just, had a, he just had this attitude. If y'all don't like it, I don't care. And God says, you get together. And with my spirit, he said, you deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved. He said, there's a man in this church who is saved but who is living in sin and will not repent. He said, you deliver him to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit. He said, I'll kill him. Did you know that God kills Christians? Yeah. You don't believe that. You don't believe the Bible. Right. He does. It is a form. It, it's a purging of the church. Right. He said, a little, in fact, that's where your leaven comes in. A little leaven, leaven the whole lump. He said, you let this go on in the church. Next thing you know, this will go on and this will go on and this will go on. Pretty soon there's no standards, no biblical standards in the church. Right. Yeah. And sin is rampant. Everybody thinks just being a Christian is just going through a little prayer. And then I go, I live like hell to, to eternity. And that's not at all. And God says, I don't want this in the church. You get it out. Amen. By the way, the same principle affects your home. Yeah. Leaven can come into your home. You need to really, fathers especially, and mothers to be together on this and say, you know, is there areas, is there things in our home that's not pleasing to God, that's going to be a negative, that we know it's not pleasing to God, we need to get it out. But uh, the fire of purging, God takes it out of the body. And then there's the fire of chastisement. And by the way, when I say this, whenever this is made into flour, okay, and it's kneaded and the yeast is put in and the loaf, by the way, God's going to have, we'll have loaves in some of these feasts coming up. There's going to be two loaves, Okay. Uh, when the yeast is put in and they're making this, that it begins to swell. What we're talking about, the only thing that's leaven, God says, know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. He says, if you don't get this out, it's going to spread. That's what leaven does. It just, by how many knows that sin spreads fast? Yeah. Actually, we are being leavened as a nation right now. This perversion is just like leavening the whole nation. That we're seeing. Well, anyway, what stops leaven's effect? It's fire. You have to get the heat so hot it kills the leaven out. This is what I'm saying. God 
is going to bring fire into your life if you, if you, he wants the fire of self-judgment. Let me just tell you something. The fire of self-judgment is not pleasant. It's not pleasant for me to be out there at my sawmill and God starts speaking to me on heart about something he's not pleased with. Amen. And he said, Reggie, I'm telling you, you I want this dealt with. And I don't want to deal with it. It's not pleasant to self-judge. It's a fiery thing. Yeah. To admit that I'm sinning against God. To admit that I'm not really right. To admit that I've twisted my mind around to rationalize and justify what I'm doing. To admit that I'm a liar. To admit that I'm a sinner. It's not a pleasant thing. When the fire of God's judgment comes about purging the church, it's not a pleasant thing. Who wants to come up and deliver somebody to the devil for the destruction of their flesh and go to their funeral? Yeah. And the fire of chastisement is not a pleasant thing. I'm going to tell you something right now. I know what chastisement is about. And the Bible said, every son whom he receiveth, he chasteneth. If ye be without chastisement, this is a very critical passage of scripture. If ye be without chastisement, ye are not sons, but bastards. That means that you have the appearance of being a son, but you are not truly the child of God. Okay. God says, if you're my child, you're going to get chastised. The reason you're going to get chastised is because you're going to do things wrong as a child of God. You're not going to live sinless. And as you grow and go on your journey in Christ, God is going to deal with things in your life. Okay. And and so God says, endure chastening. Endure it. Why would you have to endure chastening? Because it's hot. Now you listen to me. I know what chastening is about. I mean, I really know what chastening is about. The crazy thing is, I went through a chastening about 15 years ago that uh, I mean, and God knew right where to chase me at. He, God knows where to spank you. Amen. Yeah, amen. God knows where to whoop you at. And I wonder sometimes if I've learned my lesson. Yeah. How many, you know, you, you, you have a child and you went through a deal with them and you thought, well, I think we got that fixed. And a year and a half later, here it comes back. Then you have to go through that, it, the fire of chastening. And uh, Hebrews 12 talks about it. Then there's the, then there's the, the uh, God kills the, the leaven with the fire of trials. Did you know there's some things just not going to get out of us without a trial of, and tribulation? Job said in Job 23.10, when I'm tried, I shall come forth as gold. Job had some problems. Now, I'll tell you what, I love Job, and I don't like to hear nobody talk bad about him. Now, I hear these people talking bad about Job and stuff. I don't go for that. But Job did have an area of pride. There is no question about that. And Job did have a faulty view of God. But it was after these trials, he said, now, now I see God. And there's been things in my life when God has put me through trial. I, I will tell you something. Just here recently. The last year and a half, I've been going through a trial, but I never saw things before in other people's families and how they must be trying to deal with this. And it's helped me to see and understand and have compassion for other people. There are certain things you're not going to get that God wants in you until you have gone through that. Anyway, that's the conclusion of last week's message. How many is happy about that? All right. So now the third one is this uh, Feast of First Fruits, okay? So it's the Feast of First Fruits. Uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to try to short everything we can. And I like the word fruit. Amen? Amen. How many likes fruit? 
Boy, I tell you what, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It talks about the fruit of your, of your labor in the Lord. And I like fruit. And I tell you what, nothing more fun than planting a garden or planting a tree. And here comes some fruit off of it. And that's kind of a joy. And God is a God. Think about this. God created the earth. And he, man, if we're, he tells you the whole story, how he, all the seeds and the plants and the trees. And I just think it's wonderful. Amen. I, I just think that God is so wonderful how he creates things with life in it and beauty in it and joy in it. And, and he, one of these feasts is the Feast of First Fruits. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning and then let you out a little here in a little while. But this has to do with two things primarily. Now, I want you to go to, uh, we never did read the Bible, did we? Leviticus 23, verse number nine. Let's read it. And uh, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying unto them, When you become the land which I give unto you, ye shall reap the harvest thereof, and then ye shall bring a, here it is, a sheaf, here's what I got in my hand, of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. Now the word harvest is very important there. And he said, wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath. Does anybody know what day that is? That's Sunday. That's the first day of the week. Uh, this, is gonna, this doctor here will teach you that for the church, their day of worship is Sunday, first Amen. day of the week. Amen. Now, he said, the first fruit you harvest, in verse number 11, you shall wave the sheaf before the Lord morrow after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it and you shall wait offer that day when you wave the sheep and he lamb without blemish the first year for burnt offering. And it goes on down through there. Now I want you to go to first Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 23. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 23. And I put that up on the wall if we can. I guess we got it over here. Now I want you to watch this very carefully. The Bible teaches us to rightly divide the word of truth. That means compare scripture to scripture so you understand it right. Here in the Old Testament, one of the feasts are called first fruits. So you're reading your Bible and said, well, where else is this subject mentioned? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it tells you exactly. You don't even have to guess at it. It says every man in his own order. Now, this chapter is about resurrection. The whole chapter is, we're just kind of, I'm assuming, you know, most of you know that. And it says every man is on it. Watch this. Christ, the what? First fruits. Huh. First fruits of what? The first fruits of resurrection. Now, let me tell you something. Resurrection is the pillar doctrine of Christianity. Paul said, if there's no resurrection, you're yet in your sins and your faith is vain. And Satan hates the doctrine of the resurrection. There are several resurrections in the Bible, but Christ is the first fruits of resurrection. So what was God doing? God was prophesying in Leviticus chapter three through these feasts, showing you that Here's how it's going to work. You're going to get saved. You're going to learn that God is a, has a different way of living and he wants the sin out of your life. And he wants you to live. Now listen to this carefully. A resurrected life. Amen. A resurrected life. Right. Let me tell you what the average person who gets involved in church in America is now. This is going to be a casket. We're trying to live the Christian life dead. And you get up here and you preach. And did you know I could bring a casket in here and lay a dead man in it and preach socks off my feet to him. He's going to do what? Christianity 
is a faith. It is power. It is supernatural power. God resurrects us. Ephesians chapter 2, ye that were dead in trespasses and in sin, now hath he quickened. Raised in newness of life. When we baptize somebody, we're telling this. Buried with him. Raised in newness of life. Listen to me. Nobody, no preacher, no evangelist, no mommy, no daddy can make you live for Jesus. And if you never get the power, boy, I pray for my vote. If you never get the power of resurrection in you, you never, not there. If somebody's got to tell you everything and your attitude is turned against preaching to dead people. Give me a man that's risen in newness of life and I'll tell you what, he's anxious for you to preach the truth. He's happy to hear the the righteousness of God preached and proclaimed. (laughs) I'm not trying to make you a dead corpse prettier. I'm not putting makeup on a dead corpse. Right. I'm not trying to make pretty up the put new suit on him. Right. Put makeup on him and prop his mouth open and put a Bible on his cold, stiff hands. Yeah. God's in the business of resurrection. <coughs> Christ is the first fruits. Now, the fact of it is, the Bible said there later that then those that are his coming, that's the rapture, and then cometh the end. Revelation chapter 20, the resurrection of the dead lost. The Bible talks about first fruits. It talks about the harvest. And then it talks about the gleanings. Watch this. There's so much in here. I don't have time to preach it all. The first fruits is Jesus Christ, resurrection from the dead. Says it. The harvest is right now. The churches, he said, by the way, when it talks about four months in the New Testament, that's exactly fits the feast. There's four months between the first four and the last three. Or the first three and the last four. I'm sorry, the first four and the last three. But anyway, you you have the... First fruits, you have the harvest, that's the church age now. The gleanings is in the tribulation period. God told them, book of Ruth, Leviticus, you leave the corners for the, and, and the gleanings. In the tribulation period, there are what we call tribulation saints who will give their life for their faith in Jesus Christ. And they're the gleanings. Right now you're in the harvest. This feast of first fruits has to deal with a lot of things in the Bible. But it has to do with the basic resurrections listed in 1 Corinthians 15. Christ, the first fruits, those are his that is coming. And then the end, Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne judgment, the dead lost. Jesus talked about a resurrection of, uh, of the good and, and the resurrection of damnation. Right. And, there, and by the way, you are going to be resurrected. That's right. Unless you're here when Jesus comes back and you're saved. The trump of God shall sound, dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. That's the only way you're going to ex- escape uh, death, right, right. is through if th- that generation is alive when Jesus Christ comes. And by the way, can I say to you, if we're not approaching that time, I don't know whenever on earth in time we are, but now. Right. Now, so we, oh, the first thing it is, and the first is primarily about 
the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, you can probably tell he's trying to go somewhere, but he figured out where. That is the first issue, the resurrection of Christ and the doctrine of resurrection in the Bible. There were people who got up when Jesus died. How many knows that? There's a resurrection. They were part of the first fruits, the sheath, when Jesus rose. There's going to be the resurrection of the believers in Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. There will be a resurrection of the dead lost, Revelation chapter 20. But there's other resurrections, and one of them is just what I talked about. A spiritual resurrection happens when you get saved. You were dead in trespasses and sin. God literally creates, if any man be in Christ, he's a new what? Not, a new, not an overhaul job. He's a new creature. Amen. All right? Created in true righteousness and true holiness. But there's another resurrection of the Bible. And that's Ezekiel chapter 37. The nation of Israel yeah. is going to be resurrected in the valley. That's a national resurrection of the Jewish people. Amen. So there's at least five resurrections, maybe six listed in the Bible. But where's what I want to get to this morning? And I've got a little while. <laughs> It's the doctrine of this right here. First fruits. The doctrine of first things first. Practically, you, watch this. I, I tell you, you look around you, I never saw such confusion. I never saw such chaos in people's minds. I mean, you drive down the highway, people are mad. Yeah. They're ready to shoot you. I mean, there's just chaos and there's confusion. I mean, you can, how many can sense that in this country? I mean, this country's tight. It's like, it's like a bomb going off. And the reason it is, is because we have violated this right here. The old timers used to make this statement. Wait a minute. First things first. First things first. What in the world does that mean? First things first. That means you put first things first. You don't put first things second. You don't put first things third. You don't put first things fifth. And if your life needs help right now, I want you to listen very carefully. Now we're going to start running down through here some errors. So guys, would you put the first scripture I have up, Exodus 22. I want to show you in the Bible, there's this principle of first things. If you want your life straightened up, get this message this morning. You want your marriage straightened up? You want your business straightened up? Hey, you know, straighten this church up. Yeah. Everything in this world, God made this world and he gives a God of order and he always blesses. If you go to, we're not going there this morning, but if you went to Deuteronomy chapter 26, 27, 28, you would find out that God took this feast of first fruits and his principle. And he said, you be sure now you do this. And then the next chapter, he tells them how much he will bless them and how he'll bless them in great detail. If they will keep first things first. Then he goes to chapter 28 and tells them how he will curse them and pull his blessings away if they violate this principle. And it's very practical. So we're going to take off and guys, we're going to run really, really fast here. Exodus 22, 29. Can we, is that other side not working at all? Okay. Uh, let's get rid of this before these guys can see over here. First church of the catastrophe. All right. Watch this. Now he's just giving them uh, principles of life. He said, thou shalt not delay to offer the first fruit, first of thy ripe fruits and of thy liquors. And don't, don't get on me liquor there because you, you look it up the definition. It means that which was squeezed out of the grape. The firstborn of thy son thou shalt give unto me. 
That's a biblical principle. Did you know the, the firstborn son is to be given to God in a very special way? And there's a lot of reasons for that. I won't preach on that this morning, but I'm telling you right now, God says, you give me that firstborn son. He's mine. You give me everything that you, you have, the first of it. All right. He said, don't delay the offer of the first fruits of thy ripe fruits. See, they were to come up to the temple of the worship place there, and they were to present this to the priest. The priest was to wave this to God. What was he doing? He was saying, God, we recognize that you are to be first in our lives. Amen. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You don't let anything come between you and God. Yes. God, you will be first in every arena of my life. I am telling you, please listen. If you get this, if you, if you whisper to God while I'm preaching, God, help me get this. Not just hear it, but hear it down here. Yes. It will change your future. It will change the destiny of your life. Yes. Put him first in every area. So he starts out saying, all right, he says, I want you to bring, when your fruits start getting ripe, I want you to bring it to me. You don't get the first one. You give it to God. He said, whenever your, your grapes start that, you don't get the first grape juice. I do. So go, guys, go ahead and run real fast. 23, 19. The first fruits of thy land, thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Go ahead to the next one. 34, 26. The first fruits of thy land, thou shalt bring into the Lord thy God thy milk. Thou shalt not see the good. Okay, go to uh, 40 in verse number 2. Watch this in here. On the first day of the month, thou shalt set up the tabernacle within the congregation. And he kept talking about worship. Leviticus 23, and the 14th of the first month at even. Now, if there's a, there's a pattern going on here, what I want you to get is this. God's very, very super interested in what's first. I want to ask you a question today. Is God truly first in your life, in every area of your life? I'm telling you this morning, God created us for his glory. He didn't create us for us to, for, it's all, not a, church is not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. Yes. We came, and so let's continue on here. Let's go to Leviticus 5 through 7. In the 14th day of the first month, the 15th day of the month, the feast of unleavened bread of the Lord, seven days you must eat unleavened bread. In the first day, you shall have the holy convocation. That's Sunday. You shall not do any servile work therein. That's why your forefathers shut their business. Are you listening to me? It wasn't that long ago in America that you didn't go out and buy stuff on Sunday. <laughs> you didn't do anything on Sunday except what had to be done. Why? Because our forefathers understood this principle. Why did they say, why did, your forefathers, your legislators, your senators made laws that kept people from doing things on Sunday that violated the word of God. Amen. It's called blue laws. Yes. And God blessed us for that. Amen. We were a better nation. Okay, verse number 10. And uh, speaking unto the children of Israel, saying to him, When you come in the land which I give you and reap the harvest thereof, you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And you shall wave it before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow. After the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. That's on a Sunday. And you shall offer that day when you have these waves, sheep, he lamb without blemish, first year for the, of a burnt offering of the Lord. And uh, verse number 20, and we'll get, jump and go. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering for the Lord with the two lambs and behold the Lord uh, for the priest. Let's go to Ezekiel 44, 30. Write this verse down, mark it in your Bible. And the first of, watch this. And the first of all, the first fruits of all things and every oblation of all and of every sort of your oblation shall be the priest. In other words, you give it to the Lord. You shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough. That's where your forefathers got, that's what you're talking about. They used to call money dough. Yeah. That's where it come from. Yeah. Okay. 
that he may cause the blessing. Did you get this? That he may cause the blessing to rest in your house. God says, if you put me first in every area of your life, truly put me first. Let's go to, um, the reason I put that verse up, because it says all things. Every area of your life. Proverbs uh, 3, 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits, there it is, of all thine increase. When you labor or work or run your business, or your farm or your business, whatever it may be, increase is what you made after the cost of the production. Are you listening to me? All right. So if you made a profit. Now, this gets dicey because the Lord will fix it so he knows your heart. You can always fix it up and say, I didn't make anything. You can always do that. You can always, uh, when we milk cows, that's a not-for-profit organization. Amen? (laughs) I mean, I could always, but you know what, Karen and I decided one time, we're going to take the feed bill out and then we'll give to God on the rest. Now, I could have took the vet bill out, depreciation of equipment out. Follow me? Huh? Equipment expense. Fertilize. On and on and on. I'm telling you, farming's a tax write-off. If you haven't learned that, you people come down to farm, you ain't going to make it farming. You better brought your money with you. I'm serious. It's a heart attack now. And uh, so, uh, so I could have done that, but I said, okay. And I talked to my dad about it. And he, he, that's the way he operated. I, I, he said, Reg, I'd advise you just to take your feed bill, that initial feed bill, and then give to God on the rest of it. So that's what we did. Increase. God didn't say and take the whole milk check and tithe or give on it. He said of the increase that you made in that. You have a job. Let's say it was a $12,000 job, construction job. And I know that wouldn't get the trucks to the building site nowadays. But anyway, you have $12,000. Let's say it cost you $9,000 for labor and material and all this stuff. If you had $3,000 increase, then that would be what he's talking about there. Let's go on to the next one, guys, if you don't care. But by the way, did you notice the next verse? So shall that barns be filled with plenty and so forth. All right. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 24. God says, watch, this, watch the principle of first. Watch this principle of first. He's saying, you want to worship me? Before you worship me, watch this. Leave therefore thy gift before the altar. You came to God, you know, to give to God. And go thy way first. Be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. God is far more interested in you having reconciliation with your brother than he is you giving him money. Or even you coming to worship. Did you know what hinders worship? If you've hurt somebody or damaged somebody and you're not willing to go make it right. Now, do you listen to me? You can't make everything right there, everybody. How many knows that? It's, a lot of people ain't going to let you make nothing right with them. I'm going to say something flat-footed right here. A lot of you new people here come in from out of state or you're new here. I've I've lived in Norwood all my life, 69 years. I born, uh, born in Mountain Grove at doctor's office. I've lived south of Norwood, Douglas County for 69 years. I went to school across the street. I was in the auction business for 47 years. I farmed, dairied, and pastored this church for 41 years. You come in here from outside especially, and you start mingling with the people in the community, guess what? You're going to find out there's a lot of people that hates my guts in this country. They hate my guts. Now, and they're going to tell you things. I'm going to tell everybody in this church something this morning. When somebody starts mouthing me to you, 
or telling you stuff about me, here's what I want you to do. Did he steal from you? And if they say, well, somebody else. No, did he steal from you? Did he cheat you? Well, somebody else. No, did he cheat you? What did he do to you? Yep. Has he done you wrong and not tried to make it right? That's right. Then if they say yes, you say Reggie said from the pulpit that he would extend an invitation for me to bring you to him. You ask them if they're willing to go to my house and talk to me about what they claim I did to them. Now, it could be that I'm not aware of it because I've had situations like that. People were offended and I found out later what I had no idea. And it was legitimate. I'm not innocent. But I'm going to tell you right now, if, they, if you tell them, and they, they, they badmouth me and defile me, okay, fine, which, which that's, that's part of the territory. But I want you to be able to say, Reggie said I could bring you to his house to talk to him. Would you be willing to go with me to see Reggie and tell him what you've told me? Okay. And I ask you to say, Reg, I've got a guy that's got a fence toward you. And we're coming over. Could you tell us a good time to come? I'll set an appointment. I will meet with that person. I want to tell you the truth this morning. I'm not holy. I'm wicked as hell. Should have been in hell. But there's not a man in southern Missouri that I'm afraid to look straight in the eye. Not because I've lived perfect, but because intentionally I have not hurt anybody without trying to make it right. Now, does that mean people agree with me about everything? No. Let me tell you, there's about three things that most of the problem is. Number one is jealousy of wealth. God has blessed me. I don't look at myself as a rich person, but I I am compared to a lot of people. Just be honest about it. I own quite a bit of land. And land just keeps getting higher and higher. So I keep getting richer and richer. (laughs) You know, baloney. Do you know God take everything you've got away from you in a heartbeat? That's right. In a minute. When I was in the auction business, I did auctions in four states. I did, I, I'm just being honest with you, I probably did more business than all the auctioneers put together in Southern Missouri. That's just the honest truth when I was in my prime. God blessed me and gave me favor with people everywhere. And then I'll tell you a big one. There's one group of people who hates me about as bad as anybody in this country, and that's preachers. Amen. They hate my guts. I put up a lot of stuff, but I'm just letting you know that whenever you talk about this, you leave your gift at the altar. I just want you to know if you're new here and you hear well, Reg Kelly did this, Reg Kelly did that, and I don't care if him, just say, hey, listen, tell me explicitly what it was. And Reggie said I could bring you to him. Yeah. Then you try me, see if I won't. And I will listen. And if I've offended them and I see that I have and I've done them wrong, I'll try to make it right. Yeah. Is that fair enough? Because I constantly put up with this. I'm a little bit weary of it. But I know what the score is. The devil hates this church. And by the way, I ain't been perfect and I've done a lot of things wrong. I've had to go fix a lot of things. Fix, I mean, I'm talking about go to people and say, listen, didn't do you right. Not saying I've done, I'm just saying that my heart is, is to fix it. And there's a reason for this. Is the reproach of Jesus Christ. Now here's the deal. A lot of people just aren't going to agree with your, with, with what, you know, you may have a, an understanding about something or something happened and you just don't agree with them about it. 
And people don't like you, so they start digging up junk. But here's what I want to tell you. What's hindering worship more than anything that I know of and will hinder me is if I know that I've offended a brother in the Lord and I will not go to him and try to fix that and I walk into church, guess what? The Holy Spirit, I won't even hear the message because the Holy Spirit of God is going to say, I ask you to go get that fixed and you refuse to do it. You didn't even make an effort. And so church is going to be dead to me that day. Now you listen to me this morning. For your sake, get this down and you already know this. You're going to have disagreements with people. You're going to have problems with people and you're not going to agree and you never will. But you should at least present yourself in a way to try to have healing in that. And not be, uh, I, I had, a, 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 I'll just tell you who it was. Brother Larry Brown told me one time. Now that guy's been through the fire. And he said, Reggie, I never want to be the reason God didn't move in the service. Amen. He said, I have set my mind that I do not want to be in a situation where because I wouldn't go, that it would hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in the service. And I will say this to you here in church today. If you have ought against me and you think I've done you wrong, would you come and talk to me? Would you tell me? We'll sit down. I'll listen to you. That's all I can do. Now, I'm not going to be mad at you. And by the way, you know, and I may disagree with you. I may say, you know what? I, 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 don't see, I don't see where you're coming from. I don't know. Sometimes God has to show us ourselves. We don't see ourselves. All right. Let's go to the next one. Everybody enjoy that? Uh, Matthew 6, 33. Beseek ye what? The kingdom of God and something very specific here. What? His righteousness. His righteousness. Now, what's that mean? Where do you find out what's right? In the Bible. So he says this. If you will first seek my kingdom and my righteousness... All these things should be added unto you. That means that when you learn something from the Bible that's right, you adhere to it. You don't buck against it. Okay? Let's go to the next one, guys. <clears throat> Matthew 7, 5. Look here. Thou hypocrite, first cast, first, there it is, first, first fruits, cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then thou shalt see clearly cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. The first thing to do in an issue of conflict is to make sure that you've got the stuff out of your own eye. Before we start telling everybody else. Let's go to Matthew 12, 29. Watch this one. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man, then he will spoil his house. Now this, this passage of scripture has been applied two different ways. It can be where Satan comes in and binds the father so he can spoil the house. I tend to look at it this way, that if I've got a situation in my life, in my home or in, my, in the church, that I need to bind Satan first. Yeah. By the way, we've been given that power through Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Lord rebuke thee. The Lord rebuke thee. And, and, and deal with it. And use the power of the cross and the power of the empty tomb and the power of the blood. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto death. Alright, let's go to the next one. Uh, Matthew uh, 22. Look at here. Master, which is the great commandment of the law. Jesus said, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy... This is the what? 
first. I've told you this, and there's one commandment in this church. There's one rule in this church, and that's love God. Love each other. Love the lost. If we don't have that, we have nothing. We have nothing. And and God said, that's that's what to do first. Uh, Let me just say something. If we can get that down, it ain't going to be all these rules and all this junk. If we'll teach our children to love God. You know, it was Mother's Day today, and boy, I just, you know, I'd have felt bad if I hadn't got Karen a little bouquet. So I went and got her a bouquet. Now, Mother's Day's coming, so I thought, well, if I don't take her out to dinner, you know, she, well, you don't love me. So I took her to dinner. Not because I love her, because I just didn't want to be looked at as a bad husband. Is that the way we're operating? No, that, it should be love here. I get to. I have a wife. She's the mother of our children. It's a joy. I want to be a blessing to her. All right? It's just love the Lord. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Matthew, oh man, this is good. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is where? Within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. What's God saying? Before you start cleaning up on the outside, get clean up on the inside. Let God clean on the inside. Next one. Uh, Luke 9, 59. What's this here? And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said, and then let the dead bury the dead. I'm about there. I don't like funerals. Or... Anyway, I'll get off my little tangent. But here's the thing. Before all other earthly commitments, seek him first. You've got to have God before your wife. I cannot love Karen properly unless I love God supremely. I cannot let her get between me and God. I cannot love God properly if I love my children more than I love God. And by loving God, I'll stay by what's right scripturally, irregardless of what my wife or my children are about. Let me tell you what, you know where pastors, where we pastors really fail as that is? We get to, in a fleshly love of the people of that church, put them before we put God first. God says to me as a pastor, you put me first, Reggie. If you don't, you'll pay for it. Amen. I need to love God so much that if it offends you, it offends you. I'm sorry. Amen. If it makes you not like me, I can't help it. But I've got to put God first. There are certain principles in Scripture. And I've always got to be sure that as best I know, I'm putting God first in the issue. Before all earthly commitments, Luke 14, 28 through 33. Look what God says here. Those of you who are thinking about serving God, I'd get this one. Which of you intending to build a tower setteth down what? First and counteth the cost whether he has sufficient to finish it. I would say to you, count the cost of serving God. Uh, You go down here, verse number 31. Or what king going to make war against another king setteth down what? Not first. What is he saying? Think about what you're getting ready to do. I, I just want to be honest with you. I've seen a lot of people say it's called to preach. Yeah. Ain't done it. Do you need help, sister? You need help? You all right? Can we get any kind of air going in here, guys? I know it's awful hot. I'm sorry. You okay? Huh? You're okay. All right. I guarantee you I'll quit preaching to help you. I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm serious. I, you know, if I sit out there, I'd think, wonder how long this thing's going to last. I want to run uh, 
let's, let's guys, let's go down. Let me just run through a few things. Romans chapter 16 says that on the, giving the gospel to the world, Jew first, then the Gentile. That's a biblical principle. First uh, Corinthians, Jesus rose on what day? First day. Second Corinthians 16, 2, about, about collections, first day of the week, Sunday. Second Corinthians 8, 5, first give yourself before you give God what you have. Give yourself first. Let me just tell you something. If you give God yourself first, rest of it's no problem. Amen. All right. Second Corinthians eight twelve. God says that. Watch this. If there first be a willing mind, first be a willing mind. What we're trying to do is get people to live for God and do things for God, and their mind's not willing. God wants first your mind to become willing to His will. Amen. Ephesians six twenty two. The first commandment was promise. Honor thy father and thy mother. The first commandment was promise. 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. The first thing a church, how many knows what the first thing a church is supposed to do? Pray. First of all, pray. I'm just running through these. They could all be preached on. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 11. The structure of God-ordained authority there. Uh, 1 Timothy 3, 10. About deacons, they're to be first proved. You just don't put people in positions and places Without proving them, making sure that they're, it's there, that God's on it. Uh, widows in Timothy there, it talks about the widows, the first children. It talks about first before the church helps. And by the way, we're giving all the offering to the widows today. You know, I could not believe. I hope you'll be, bear with me. Just, I put that on Facebook. I took this thing off. This lady got on there and said, you're, just do, said, you're not being equitable. There are widows in your church that aren't poor, and, but you're giving them all the same. And you're not doing it for right reasons. You're doing it to make yourself look good. I mean, people are nuts. So I went to her Facebook page, and she is a dyed-in-the-wool Biden supporter. I said, well, that answers the whole deal right there. But I'm glad she's following. Amen. Uh, widows, let me just say this about widows. The Bible teaches clearly that their children and their nephews are the first seed of their care. Is that right or not? Did I read that wrong? That's the truth. Uh, James 3.16, the wisdom above, the wisdom of God is first pure. First pure. Uh, Revelation 2.4 talks about losing your what? First, leaving your first love. Leaving your first love. All right. Uh, 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 could I get somebody to come to the piano? Let's turn to number. We're going to dismiss. Believe it or not.